and we're underway with the Chevy Detroit Grand Prix. Oh, look at that Pelot with another good jump. Look at Scott Dixon in the orange and blue to the outside, and Roman Grosjean's going to try to stuff it inside McLaughlin. Will we get through here cleanly? We will not. Callum Eilat on the back of Kyle Kirkwood. Incident number one. Green flag, Romain Grosjean on the inside of Scott McLaughlin. The red and yellow DHL Honda, he grabs second from McLaughlin. And it's teammates behind the Chip Ganassi racing entry. Blue and orange, that's Scott Dixon. Red and white, that's Marcus Erickson into turn four. Scott Dixon gets the place. Textbook move from Scott Dixon. This is Will Power on Romain Grosjean. The black and red Verizon Chevy, that's now for second place. Pato is not it's under power. Broken, it's broken. Oh no. Watch to the right hand side there. Watch the rear left wheel. He's now a lap down. He just cycles around oh, the back. Oh boy. Just in the wall. And crash. In the wall. Turn nine. Pato award. We he thought saw it was over in the pits, but it's now over on the racetrack. He wasn't going to make the corner whether Ferrucci was there or not. You saw Santino actually get out of the way a little bit. Graham Rahal what and in Benjamin the world? Peterson under yellow. Rahal went in by himself, and I think Peterson may have got surprised. Wait for the red Sexton Properties car. Boom. Let's go. Power with an excellent run, an excellent throttle application out of that slow corner. He's got a huge run coming to three. He almost doesn't want to pop out too early and get all the way past the 10 in case he slots back in, he highs and lows it. He's got it. Will Power for the lead on Alex Pelot. A classic shake and bake from the number 12. You want a street fight? We've got it for the lead, Alex Pelot. Forces Will Power into a mistake. He locks it up at turn three at the hairpin, and the Spaniard is back out in front. Oh, look at Rosenquist on Rossi. They touch. Teammate on teammate, and Rosenquist wins that arm wrestle. What it's happened here? Oh, Grosjean. Oh. Grosjean, it's over. Another wall banger for Roman Grosjean. Turn four just got onto the apex curve, sorry, into the apex wall, and it fired that number 28 straight into the outside wall. Can Power force Pillow into a mistake? What's Dixon got? Oh. Power tries to switch back, but he's there. Dixon's there, and Dixon stalls, and Rossi's the big winner. Rossi goes from fifth to third in the one corner. Power got into anti-stall mode, and now Power shoves Scott Dixon back off the track. This is Power on Pillow, and look to the left for Dixon. Oh. Who's the best on the brakes? Power goes wide. Rosenquist's got an inside run. Almost gets Power. Power's going to have the inside run for turn four. Rossley struggling with Power down as Will Power goes past Rossi in an impossible break zone. Great move. Rosenquist goes back to the front. He's desperate for a podium, Felix Rosenquist. Rossi's going to come back. Wow. He's a teammate and they're not hitting. Really good top shelf driving from the McLaren man. 
Look at this, the teammates again. Rosenquist gave Rossi a big old concrete slapper with his right rear, and now Rossi loses another spot to Dixon. Racing back on the streets of Detroit, and it's Alex Pelot who wins the Chevrolet Grand Prix of Detroit. Awesome job. Boy, he had to withstand some pressure. Multiple restarts over the course of seven yellows. That was frantic. It was at times chaotic. But Alex Pelot prevails. Watch the Sanzio Grand Prix at Road America, Sunday, June 18th at 1 p.m. on USA Network. And with that, welcome, race fans, to episode 29 of the Push to Pass podcast. I am uh, Derek Vance, and joining me as usual, as you can see over there on the other side of the screen, uh, Josh is here, and uh, we are going uh, to discuss uh, the uh, race that just unfolded there uh, one, or uh, not one week, but a few days ago, the uh, 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 Detroit uh, Grand Prix, which was won by, as you see, uh, Alex Pillow. Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, I think if uh, anybody, Josh, uh, is on a roll right now, um, you have to definitely put uh, Alex Pillow up there. And uh, it, it, it pains me to say this, uh, but uh, I, I was on this show, and, and I said that uh, first I thought uh, Pato Award was going to win the Indianapolis 500. And uh, he was just about eight laps short on that. And then I also said that uh, Pelot was going to win the points championship uh, this year. And and to take nothing away, obviously, uh, from Alex Pelot, um, we'll talk more about him as the show unfolds. But it seems like to me, Josh, that uh, uh, Pato Award right now is his own worst enemy. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if he's just overthinking it and not, uh, not driving, not driving, driving by his heart, but, uh, but he, uh, just can't seem to get out of his own way. Uh, back at the 500, he, uh, I still, I still, uh, I still say that he was going to make that pass had Erickson not, uh, not taken him out, but, um, it, I don't know. I mean, for as much t driving talent as he had, I mean, earlier in this race, we, he, uh, he, he thought that he thought the car was done, but then he was able to get it back going again. And then he ended up back up in the wall. He's just not having very good luck. Um, I'm not sure what, what he can do to fix it. Uh, I know coming up at, uh, Coming up at Road America, he's gonna uh, he's gonna enjoy that race. Uh, he likes that track, from what I've heard. But um, I hope he's uh, I hope he's getting more a little bit more focused on on racing. Uh, not to say that he's not, but uh, he's got to fix these mistakes that he's having, for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, joining us uh, later in uh, in the show, uh, we're gonna have a new guest, uh, Mike Monroe from uh, Ranton and Racing Podcast. So he's going to join us, uh, obviously talk a little bit about his project that he has, uh, but also he was there at, at the Detroit race uh, this weekend as well. So we will uh, talk to him. And then as always, uh, towards the end of the show, uh, Mike from Burnout Sports, uh, Burnout Bets, is going to uh, join us as usual. Uh, to talk about uh, the winners and losers uh, that uh, he uh, he had this weekend, and I'm sure that you'll be able to uh, uh, put your two cents in as to uh, the winners and losers uh, that um, 
that you had as well. Uh, but let's take a look. Let's recap for everyone that uh, may, may not have seen it. Uh, the uh, Detroit uh, Grand Prix this weekend. Uh, just getting the, the right graphics up here. But uh, Josh, I think it was uh, safe to say uh, Alex Pillow was able to uh, conquer uh, what was uh, this new uh, configuration, this new course, uh, so to say, in the uh, streets of Detroit. Uh, if you can remember, uh, for a handful of years, uh, the Detroit race, quote unquote, uh, was run on on Belle Isle there in Michigan. Uh, but this year uh, it has been moved back to the streets of Detroit, uh, downtown Detroit, uh, like it like it was uh, back in the early 90s. And uh, if uh, Josh and I know we've talked about this before, if this is going to be Alex Pelot's last season uh, with uh, with Chip Ganassi racing, uh, well, he's definitely on his way to uh, make it a special one. Oh keep yeah, in mind, yeah. Keep in mind, and and I'll I'll go through this here a little bit, and then I'll let you comment. But uh, since winning the uh, GMR Grand Prix out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course uh, during the month of May, all Alex Pelot has done. Think about this: is he captured the pole for the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500, and then he finished it within the top five there. And then this past Sunday uh, showed everyone in uh, in a huge uh, TV viewing market, and we'll touch on that in the news and notes section of how smooth and precise uh, his driving style was by leading 74 out of the 100 uh, a lot of laps during Sunday's Detroit Grand Prix, uh, beating Team Pinsky's uh, willpower in his number 12 Verizon Chevrolet. Also, too, uh, Alex uh, grabbed his sixth career victory and his, uh, his yeah, he grabbed his sixth career victory and his second victory in the last three races. And we talk a lot about about momentum. In, in different sports, Josh, but uh, if there is one driver right now that has all of the mojo uh, behind him, uh, it's safe to say that it is uh, that number 10 uh, car of uh, Alex Polo. Oh, yeah, definitely. Alex is on um, on one heck of a heck of a role. Um, he had a he had a good chance to win the uh, win the 500 could have could have pulled the double win, but uh, just came up a couple laps short. Had a little bit of problems on the pits, but uh, this weekend he just dominated. I mean, taking the pole and the win, um, he was the better driver. And uh, at such a young age to be so experienced and be able to uh, keep your poise, you know, going onto a brand new track and not knowing what to expect. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I know he was uh, more. He was at the top. He was at the top of the leaderboard most of the days, so he probably didn't have to, he did not have to uh, contend with any traffic in the back a lot, but uh, just to be able to come in and, uh, and have such a dominant, uh, what is this probably 20 less than a month. He's, he's been so dominant that uh, he's just building on that. He's building on that points lead and he's, he's starting to run away with it. Um, and I know Chip's going to – Chip Ganassi Racing is going to be – going to miss him whenever the season is up. But uh, <clears throat> I'm sure uh, sure before all the goodbyes are are done, he's uh, – they're hoping that he can bring them home a uh, NTT IndyCar uh, championship at the end of the year. And if he keeps driving the way he does, there's no def- there's no doubt. Even with how good Pato and uh, Erickson are, I don't think anyone's going to be able to uh, to chase him down in the points lead if he keeps driving as well as he does. 
Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and and that points lead uh, obviously as you talked you touched on there uh, did uh, grow uh, substantially, and we'll get into the points here uh, momentarily. But uh, Pelo said on Sunday that the number ten uh, car was on point today. Uh, super proud of the job we did. It was tricky there at the end, man. But with those worn tires, uh, and, and his tires were definitely worn for sure. Uh, that the they couldn't have got the temperature on the uh, restarts any any better than what it was. And then also, too, he talked about some of the issues he had earlier in the race. Uh, we had an issue that was probably my fault. Uh, then we got stuck there, Pelot said. I couldn't really upshift. Uh, proud that we got it back and we got another win this season. So, yes, if if this uh, trend uh, continues, as you said, uh, Alex Pelot is definitely going to potentially, uh, we don't know yet, uh, go out of uh, Chip Canassi Racing uh, with a bang with two potentially IndyCar championships on his resume. As for uh, the aforementioned Will Power there, remember he is the reigning, defending, and uh, two-time series champion. Uh, he finished P2. Um, he did have a lead of a little less than uh, three seconds, 2.8 to be exact, uh, over Pelot uh, with less than 40 laps to go. Uh, but but as we said, uh, Pelot was just too determined uh, to grab the lead as he stayed focused, heading into turn three on lap 65, uh, moving around Power to regain the lead for good. Uh, Power said after, you know, just a, a quick word with him. Uh, if you know him, he's quick, short, and to the point. Uh, Power said, I did everything I could to get around Pelot. Uh, Power said he was just too quick, man, too good today. And, and that that sums it up, the day that Alex Pelot had. Now, uh, a little bit of controversy, you know, the, the last two races, you know, a little bit of controversy. And it comes with... Uh, Arrow McLaren driver Felix Rosenquist, believe it or not, uh, who drove to a season best third place finish uh, in his number six uh, Chevrolet. Uh, but like I said, it wasn't without controversy. As you've seen there in the opening, in the closing laps, uh, uh, Rosenquist and teammate Alexander Rossi were swapping positions uh, back and forth uh, when Rosenquist uh, basically put the final bump on Rossi to uh, get him out of the way and secure that number three position. Now, uh, asked during the post-race press conference uh, about that bump on his teammate uh, there, uh, Rosenquist responded, I mean, we race hard, but I think we also race fair. Uh, obviously, we like each other. We don't have any intentions to put each other in the wall. But yeah, it was tight. I think the move wasn't really high risk. I was completely alongside him into three. Yeah, it just gets tight, man. It's It was so close. He squeezed me a little bit on entry. I squeezed him a little bit on exit. And then adding on, yeah, I think it's a good problem to have. The Aero McLaren cars have been up there every race, and, and he's absolutely spot on there. Uh, we're, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're fighting teammates. I think it's something we'll discuss internally, and in, in, we, we can manage it differently. Obviously, there were no team calls on this, which is cool. They let us battle it out on the track. So that was uh, Felix Rosenquist when asked uh, during the post-race press conference, Josh, uh, about uh, the contact he and fellow teammate uh, Alexander Rossi uh, made. Uh, did you see anything uh, anything differently uh, there uh, from those words with Rosenquist about uh, him and the contact with teammate uh, Alexander Rossi? Uh, they, I mean, they, they were battling hard. Um, it seemed like uh, Rosenquist was a little bit more eager to uh, get ahead 
of Rossi than uh, Rossi was to um, to try to stay ahead of him. Um, I, I did hear what uh, what Rosenquist said uh, after the race, and I also um, was interesting when they interviewed Rossi, uh, talking to Rossi. Rossi seemed to be a little bit more uh, upset about it, uh, in my opinion. He said that uh, there would be talks between the teammates, and uh, that's as far as he went. And then they went to uh, Rosenquist, and it seemed like Rosenquist had uh, had the opposite. He wanted to go into everything that happened. So I think those two were on a different page on how that should have been driven. Uh, I think Rossi felt that um, Rosenquist was a little too uh, a little too over 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 anxious to get there, just because he was looking for a podium. And uh, Rossi um, probably probably did have some harsh words for Rosenquist, you know, because. With battling that hard, I mean, if you're battling that hard with somebody else, you know, you're, if you if you t- if you get taken out, you only take yourself out. But if you battle your teammate and you take both of e- both of yourselves out, that doesn't look good on the team, and that's not good for the team in the in the long run. But uh, I don't want to. I, I don't think uh, Rosenquist really was doing anything dirty, or I think he just he was just so. So wanting to get that that podium finish, and he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna undercut my teammate here, and I'm gonna get by him, uh, no matter what." So uh, we'll have to see how the at Road America how those two interact in uh, with being teammates and how it how it all unfolded this past Sunday. Yeah, I definitely know uh, that that Rosenquist did get uh, pressed on it there uh, a little bit during the uh, the the post race there and i'm sure uh josh uh, our our guest coming up here momentarily will probably have a little bit uh to say on on that um finishing the the recap here of the of the detroit race uh rounding out the top five was a six-time series champion uh the Iceman scott dixon in his number nine pc bank honda uh for uh, ganassi which if you think about it josh uh with with uh scott dixon uh, finishing uh, finishing fifth there, and uh, Alex Pillow obviously run, winning the race. Uh, that gave uh, Chip Ganassi Racing two cars in the uh, in the top five. So not only does Alex Pillow have a little bit of momentum uh, going forward here, uh, but uh, Chip Ganassi Racing uh, obviously does as well. And keep in mind, uh, with uh, with his win on Sunday, Plo has now completed two of the three legs needed uh, to earn a $1 million bonus from People Ready Force for Good Challenge. Uh, with a road course win at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and in Detroit this past Sunday, uh, all Plo needs to do is grab a win on the next oval tracks coming up, either the doubleheader at Iowa July 22nd or 23rd, or uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway on August 20th seventh and then as you said up next for the uh, ntt indycar series is the uh sosano uh, grand prix at road america which will be sunday june 18th so definitely a good stuff there and uh, we'll get back to uh, uh to the results and we'll take a look at our uh points race uh here as well but i do see josh that our uh, next guest has stepped into the room, so let's uh, bring him in. Uh, this is uh, Mike Monroe of uh, Ranton and Racing Podcast. Had the absolute pleasure and honor to uh, meet 
this gentleman and his uh, cohort over the weekend in Detroit. Uh, Mike, first and foremost, a huge thank you uh, for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule, obviously, uh, to uh, to join us here. Uh, before we get into uh, your take on, on what you've seen this past weekend uh, in Detroit, uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, you know, how you come up with the, with the current project you're on, what it's about, and, and all of the racing levels that you cover. Yeah, so currently we cover um, NASCAR, uh, Formula One, and IndyCar. Um, we basically try to bring together the uh, the fans of each of those series, um, and just kind to kind of just um, you know go through each series uh, as it comes along. Um, you know, this past weekend we had three races with. Uh, F1 in Spain, IndyCar in Detroit, and then uh, the NASCAR Cup Series was at uh, Worldwide Technology. Yeah, you were there on on Sunday. I know. Um, you know, we we were talking uh, before before the uh, IndyCar race uh, started. Uh, you and, and your co-host, uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, this uh, this podcast, uh, Ranting and Racing, uh, started. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the name. I know it's pretty unique, and then uh, we'll get into uh, what what you observed uh, this past Sunday in Detroit. Yeah, so the uh, podcast kind of uh, was my uh, birth child. Um, I wanted to, uh, I guess, have a way to connect with racing uh, when my favorite drivers retired. Um, Kevin Harvick being my favorite NASCAR Cup Series driver uh, is retiring at the end of this year. So I'm thinking, how do I continue to be involved in the sport without having a favorite driver? And that's really how it originated. And then uh, me and my, my uh, co-host, uh, Jacob Cook, um, we were at the uh, NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader. And that's basically how it started. Uh, we talked about, you know, our love for racing. Um, I knew him for a while beforehand. And this just come about. We were like, let's do a podcast. Let's focus on on all three series. And so far, so good. Um, it's bumpy at times, but it is what it is. And um, yeah, the name come about by just um, kind of bringing, you know, the southern root of NASCAR instead of ranting. We just shortened it up. And, uh, you know, we don't always rant uh, negatively. We do rant positively. So that's how that come, come about. Yeah, I was, uh, I was checking out uh, some of your guys' stuff earlier. Uh, amazing work uh, that that you and uh, and your co-host do definitely uh, would uh, uh, highly advise our listeners to to go check out uh, the work that that both of you are doing. Uh, but let's let's talk let's talk racing. Uh, that's that's what we do here. Uh, you know, last Sunday uh, we were in Detroit, uh, the streets of Detroit, uh, first time in a handful of years or so. Uh, streets of uh, Detroit for the uh, Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, Alex Pillow, I think, was. Uh, head and shoulders, the the most uh, dominant uh, car there, uh, as he's been at the last uh, road course uh, that uh, that we were at there at uh, at IMS. Uh, but uh, what did you see? I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, it'll be, it may be different uh, from what uh, me and Josh seen. Uh, but uh, Alex Polo obviously had the, the had the dominant car. Uh, but uh, but what what did you see from your perspective? Yeah, um, what I really seen is that first stint. It seemed like he was able to get a good lead. Um, on the alternate Greenwall tires, 
and he was able to kind of conserve those tires a little bit longer because um, it felt like Will Power had a really good car um, and was able to cut into that lead quite a bit towards the end of the stint. And I think once Pelot was able to get rid of those alternate tires and go on primaries the rest of the race, that was um, pretty much game over for everybody else. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and Alex Pelot, Alex Pelot knew uh, the the car that he had. Obviously, the the momentum uh, that he has gained uh, from not only winning the GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, but not and then not only uh, you know taking the pull uh, for this past Sunday's race, uh, but leading uh, 70 plus laps and and uh, gaining another win, uh, moving one step closer to a points championship. And if this is the last season uh, that Alex Pillow is going to have with, with Chip Canassi racing, uh, like, like I said, he's definitely making it a special one. And what a way it would be for him uh, to go out on top and be able to put that uh, second championship uh, in uh, in the resume of Alex Pillow. If indeed, uh, you know, when we're talking here in about uh, what five or six months from now, uh, Alex Pillow being the next big name, big headliner uh, to join uh, Errol McLaren Racing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, impressive that he's leaving uh, such a, a good team in, in Chip Ganassi Racing. Uh, it's kind of uh, baffling, honestly. Um, but I guess if he has that future you know, goal of going to F1, McLaren is definitely the way to do that. Um, I just don't know if, if his IndyCar um, endeavors, if he wants to continue there, I wouldn't leave Chip Ganassi. But at the same time, I think also um, the big thing with Aaron McLaren is they've got a lot of drivers they're trying to go after, and I don't know that they have the car count to continue to go after drivers. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you made because I know the you – know, you know how the rumor mill is. Uh, especially around uh, the paddock there at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, but I heard, and, and I'm sure, you know, I told Josh this, and I'm sure, uh, Michael, you heard this as well, that uh, there is a specific team, uh, first name starts with an A, who has already poached one Ganassi driver uh, that is looking to poach a, another uh, Ganassi driver next year. And, and I think you brought up the great point that where is Errol McLaren, where is Zach Brown going to find all of the cars? Uh, to uh, to suit uh, all of these drivers, definitely something that uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, but uh, speaking of Errol McLaren, uh, Pato Award, man, um, what can you say about him? Uh, he was my pick at the beginning of the year, not only to win the 500, which he was eight laps short of that, uh, but to win the points championship. And, and I pointed this out to Josh, and and Josh, you can um, chime in on this as well. Pato Award right now has to be his own worst enemy. Oh yeah. Uh, like I was saying earlier in the thing, he's, he's his own worst enemy right now. I think he's overthinking it. Um, had the stall out coming off of uh, pit road and then ended up in the wall. Um, I don't know if it's just, he's, I, I can't put my finger on what's going on with him. Um, you know, he was <clears throat> over anxious at Indy, uh, got squeezed out by Erickson. Um, and this race, uh, I don't want to say I, I'm a, this race wasn't really his fault. I mean, he stalled out coming off a of pit road and then ended up in the wall and, 
that that's what that's what's going to happen at these narrow tracks like they're doing like they had this past weekend um but uh what do you think mike mike what do you uh what do you think his, his mental error is or do you see anything going on with him yeah i think um uh, me and jacob talked about this quite a bit because he's a big pato fan um i just i don't uh, indy i understand you know he was going for it a very aggressive move um here at Detroit, after the pit road incident, you don't know what's going to happen towards the end of this race, how many cars are going to crash, how many cautions are going to come out. He's two laps down. I don't really understand why he was pushing as hard as he was to to end up in the wall like he did. I just I don't understand why he was pushing as hard as he was. I mean, maybe you're going to get those laps back, but at the same time, if you eliminate some cars with cautions, you're going to pick up those spots. And, you know, going into the 500 he was the points leader and now he's sitting fifth in points so two big races where he's hurt himself quite a bit in points do, do you think uh, mike and i i just sitting here and, and had this this pop in my head do you think it's still you know obviously pot award is still a young guy i think that's that, that obviously there's no way around that but do you think it's that he still hasn't matured yet as a as a driver uh, to realize you know to look at the bigger picture for example we'll use we'll use Marcus Erickson for example during his young career in IndyCar he wasn't that successful but now Erickson has figured out it's all about the long haul it's not the you know the short here and now it's it's what you can do over a season and until Pato figures that out and matures do you think he's still going to keep making these same mental mistakes week in and week out yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you there with the the mental mistakes. I think he does have to grow as a driver. Um, another driver I kind of compared him to this past weekend was Colton Herta. I mean, we've seen him kind of lose his mind, um, most notably at Nashville, had the big lead and then had the issue and, and then ended up crashing. Um, I think it's these younger drivers, like you said, that just kind of need to look at the bigger picture and not focus just, you know, on the single event that's going on. I also too. I wonder how much uh, when, when Zach Brown brought in Alexander Rossi, if that was what you know Rossi was supposed to be the leader of that team uh, per se and take Pato under his wing. But I think uh, Pato is still he, he believes anyway that he is still the the leader of that team. And, and until he matures, I hate to say this because because I'm right up there with your co-host. I'm a huge Pato guy too. Uh, but I think until he matures and realizes it's all about you know it, it's it's all about it's a marathon not a sprint uh, as they say i think he's going to continue to make uh, these mistakes and, and, and as you pointed out you know going into the 500 he was first in points and now in two races he's he's tumbled from first to fifth so uh Pato definitely has i think some soul searching uh to do there as uh, as we come up on the, on the on the road america in two weeks time uh one last point one last thing i want to talk about when it comes to uh, errol mclaren uh, a little bit of a dust up uh, per se, uh, between uh, uh, Felix Rosenquist and Alexander Rossi, uh, there late. I know uh, Felix was uh, was uh, questioned about it a lot uh, during the the post race. Uh, what internally do you think that conversation is uh, between Felix Rosenquist's team or Felix Rosenquist, the driver, and uh, Alexander Rossi uh, from maybe Zach Brown or or Gavin Ward going forward here? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I, I kind of come in right when you guys were talking about this. And the first thing that come to mind is 
you know, Felix was kind of on the hot seat last year. Was he going to come back? Was he not? I feel like with, you know, all the chatter going on right now with, you know, maybe Erickson coming, Polo is probably coming. Um, Felix probably feels like he might be on that hot seat again. So he's trying to, you know, get his elbows up and race hard. Um, as far as internal, I'm guessing they're probably going to, you know, kind of try and calm the, calm the waters and tell them, you know, work on, work on not racing as hard. I mean, race hard, but keep it clean is probably the message that's going to come across. I hate team orders. So I hope it doesn't come into like the F1 side of things. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, but I, but I think to to defend uh, Felix and and Josh, I'm curious to hear hear from you as well on this. Yeah, it's obvious. You know, Felix bumped him to to get on that last spot on the podium. Yes, but did he put his teammate into the wall? Did he cause his teammate to wreck? No. So I, I you know, it, to me, it seemed like watching it that that's that's racing and that's what happens. Um, you know, Al Alex can be bitter and be sour about it, but you know what though? You, you had the opportunity to secure position three and, and your teammate caught you and passed you. So who, you know, at the end of the day, who do you have to blame? It, it's every, it seems like Alex is blaming everybody but himself. Yeah. I mean, you could say that, but this time it didn't, it didn't result in the wreck. What happens next time? What happens next time? If, if it's the, if it's reverse and Rossi's going to take uh, Rosenquist and he takes Rosenquist out and <clears throat> Rosenquist going to be like, Oh, it's just racing. No, he's going to, he's going to be mad just as much as Rossi is, you know, just because it doesn't take, take him out of the race. Doesn't mean that it, it it's a possibility that it, it won't. Um, <clears throat> I know Rosenquist, he, he feels like he needs the win. Like, uh, like what, like Mike was saying with, all the potential drivers coming into arrow next year. And I mean, is Rosenquist going to be looking for another, looking for another ride next year or not? But, um, I just, I just don't think that Rosenquist was thinking the, about the possibility of he could have taken his teammate out or he could have taken both of them out. And, uh, I think he just needs to, uh, tread a little bit more lighter next time. I know, he, I know you're always going for the win, but, uh, let, let's, let's race a little bit, a little bit more um, safely, as I would say, uh, when it's just you and your teammate. Mike, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with 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 Josh. Yeah, I think they need to you know keep it clean, uh, especially when you're racing teammates. Like you know, you don't want to crash your teammate. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, same team, same goal. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely going to be interesting to see going forward uh, Road America in, in two weeks' time uh, what, uh, if, if anything, uh, transpires. Speaking of uh, Road America, I know we're looking a little bit uh, ahead, Mike, uh, but uh, you preview, a quick preview on on Road America, and then uh, uh, curious to hear what what you guys got coming up, and then also to uh, tell the uh, the people uh, right before you right before you sign off there uh, where they can find uh, all of your great work at. Yeah, with Road America, I, I really I really think the uh, the Ganassi cars are going to be fast again. Uh, they seem to have that that straight line speed that's that seems to elude uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan currently. Um, it just feels like they can't find any speed. 
Um, Penske's probably going to be up there. And Aero McLaren's been super fast for about the last, you know, four or five races, probably about the whole season. Honestly, they've, they've had a car capable of winning. Um, so I just, I feel like it's going to be those, the three big teams. Um, I would like to see how Armstrong does. Um, it's a longer track. It's kind of more open. So it's not as technical as like F2, but I mean, he's been, he's been working, working hard at, at the, uh, at the Indy car. Um, but yeah, I think road America will be, you know, pretty decent, pretty decent race. I know a lot of the fans really enjoy that area. They love racing. Um, it's good for, it's good for the, their economy there. And, and, and it's a great place to reach out to fans. Um, as far as what we have coming up, um, I don't think we're going to road America. Uh, just a quick turnaround for us. Um, I know we had talked about Nashville for sure. Uh, and then we are trying to get to, uh, to gateway as well. It's, uh, that's interesting that uh, that you talked about that because I know uh, me and Josh obviously are are gonna go to uh, the the road course race at IMS uh, Nashville and then uh, we were actually just talking about uh, potentially maybe maybe Mid Ohio have to see how uh, things work out so definitely can't wait uh, for those uh, for people that uh, that are going to be interested in checking out uh, your guys's work on your podcast uh, where can they find it at and then where on uh, on social media uh, can can you be found as well um, yeah, so uh, you can find our uh, podcast on any of the major uh, plot, uh, podcast uh, platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google. Um, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I think they're all at Rant and Racing. Uh, I think the only one that isn't is TikTok. It's Rant and underscore Racing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where you can find us where we upload every week. Uh, I seem like our schedule is kind of uh, bouncy right now, but uh, we've got a set date of Sunday night to record from now on, so our episode should upload on Mondays. Uh, good stuff, uh, Mike. Good stuff as always. Uh, make sure you tell uh, uh, Jake hi for us there as well. Uh, pleasure to meet uh, both of you, obviously, this past weekend. Uh, can't wait to see what you guys have on the horizon, and I will imagine that we all will uh, run into each other uh what i think uh, what uh, august in nashville and then uh the, the following week <clears throat> here at uh, indy so i uh, can't wait yeah. to get up with you guys again again huge thank you mike uh, for joining us definitely look forward to having you back on and uh, we will definitely uh, connect down the road here soon sure thanks for having me thanks mike yeah thanks josh Good stuff there, as always. Uh, go check out uh, the work that uh, they are doing over there at uh, at uh, Ranton and Racing. I think you'll definitely love it, especially if you are into the uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, obviously, and uh, Formula One. Uh, before we get to uh, uh, to uh, to Mike and see how uh, how his betting line uh, did this weekend, let's get back to uh, to Detroit a little bit. Uh, let's take a look at uh, the results. I know we need to uh, look at that, and then we'll take a quick peek over at the uh, points uh, before uh, Mike joins us. Uh, but uh, the results uh, from this 
this past weekend uh, up here as follows. Again, uh, Alex Pillow, Will Power, Felix Rosenquist was one, two, three. Then it was Scott Dixon, Alexander Rossi, Kyle Kirkwood, Scott McLaughlin, uh, highest finishing rookie, the aforementioned Marcus Erickson, or excuse me, Marcus Armstrong, Marcus Erickson, Joseph Newgarden round out the top 10. Then it was Colton Herta, Devlin DeFrancesco, uh, Simon Pagino, uh, Augustin Campino, Connor Daly, Christian Lungard, Jack Harvey, Renus VK, Elio Castroneves, and Benjamin Peterson round out the top 20. Then Santino Ferrucci, uh, Josh's favorite, Sting Rob Ray in 22nd, David Malukas, Roman Grosjean, Graham Rahal, Pato Award, and finishing last was Callum Eilat. So let's take a look at the points as they are a little bit of a shift here in the points. Uh, Alex Pillow extends his uh, his lead there by uh, by it's 51 points. There we go. Then it's Marcus Erickson, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, Pato Award, Alexander Rossi. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, Will Power, Colton Herta, Felix Rosenquist round out your top 10. Then it's Roman Grosjean, Kyle Kirkwood, Christian Lungard, Callum Eilat, Renus VK, Santino Ferrucci, Marcus Armstrong, Graham Rahal, David Malukas, and Connor Daly are your top 20. Then Devlin DeFrancesca, Elio Castroneves, Jack Harvey, Augustin Campino, Simon Pagano, Benjamin Peterson, and Sting Ray Rob round out your top 27. So there's your update on points as well. Uh, I do see, Josh, that uh, Mike has not uh, stepped into the uh, room just yet. So let's listen to some of the drivers uh, that we were able to uh, get interviews from uh, this weekend there in Detroit and get their take on what exactly happened during their race on Sunday. Yeah, a bit of mayhem today uh, here in uh, Detroit. Um, unfortunately, the first hit on the green tires, uh, the tires just went uh, really had de 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 degradation, uh, high, high degradation, and uh, it cost us uh, potential really good results. But uh, in the end, we finished 13th, which was a good recovery considering uh, the first hit. Um, had a bunch of scuffle going on. Quite a bit of racing, um, but uh, overall good recovery. The team did a great job in the pits, and the car was extremely competitive. So uh, I wish we could have had a, a top five today. I really believe uh, that would have been the team's performance. Um, but we made a major improvement. We, uh, it's nice to get your head out of the water. First Detroit race. We survived. First Detroit race. We survived. <laughs> wow, I can't believe we survived. There was a lot going on. Um, yeah, the pace for us was a little bit difficult. Uh, bumps was making the, the uh, skip a lot of the car, and um, we had one stint. I don't know why, but we had one stint that suddenly was really good, but that was already uh, too late. And uh, yeah, we were just able to uh, kept uh, kept uh, off the walls and able to finish in a uh, 19th. Not ideal, but we made some improvements, and let's go for the next one. Hey, Benjamin Peterson here, driver of number 55, Sexton Properties, Team Chevy, AJ Foyt, IndyCar. Um, yeah, pretty pretty eventful day. Uh, honestly, it was looking really good. We, we were on track to very likely get in top 10. Uh, unfortunately, got caught up in a collision um, with one of the other cars um, with some tricky circumstances that happened on the track that 
uh, were out of my control and, and ultimately led up to a bit of collision. So uh, we'll look into why that happened. But um, yeah, we're able to get the car restarted and going right away. Team did a great job recovering and uh, making some changes right away in pit lane. And yeah, um, P20 in the end, uh, ahead of quite a bit of guys that uh, are around me in the championship. So we'll move up a little bit more. But um, yeah, a little bittersweet today because we actually had very good pace. So we're, we're coming forward with the setup. Just uh, need a little bit of luck to come our way. So um, onwards to Road America testing and uh, the next event. Uh very uneventful day for us in the 14 car. Uh, brake bias adjuster broke, probably first, second stint, just got locked out at like 63%. Um, so nothing I can do, just lost all front grip, calipers got hot, pedal got really long. So um, yeah, just made it for a difficult day and you know, uh, just need to regroup after this weekend and figure out where our car is at and move on to Road America. We finished the wreck fest here in Detroit. It wasn't as wreck fest as we thought, but uh, still a lot of chaos out there. There's a lot to learn. Um, we struggled all day, but we moved up a few spots uh, just off of attrition and finished the race. So happy with that. And we're going to go to Road America next, track that I know and love. So looking forward to that. Huge thank you to all of those drivers uh, that we were able to uh, get a uh, post-race interview with. And now I'm curious to hear how his betting slip uh, looked this weekend. Uh, Mike from Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets, is joining us. Uh, Mike, uh, I hope you uh, put money on Alex Pillow, uh because uh, you, uh, you definitely would have cashed in this weekend. I did. I did. I won this weekend. I had Alex Pillow. Uh, I, I, I said, um, I said on Twitter and, and, uh, and I said, I think it's Pillow or nothing, or you just scatter top three numbers, which were really good um, out there. So um, it's funny. I, I won the bet on Pillow at, uh, I think I got him at three and a half to one Sunday morning. Um, I had to wait till Sunday morning to bet this race. Cause I was, I was out in Vegas and I couldn't find any IndyCar lines from anybody, any sports book. Uh, I found championship odds that were crappy. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, so I had I had uh, Polo. I hit a winner with Polo, so that was great for the bankroll. Uh, but it's funny is I won just as much money on Will Power Top 3. Uh, I hit him at 3-1. to one. Um, So it was almost like hitting two winners, I guess. So it was a good week for me. Uh, the only thing that kind of bit me in the butt is, you know, I saw a Grosjean versus Kirkwood matchup. And uh, I jumped on Grosjean just to do the track position. Like, it wasn't even close. Grosjean's been good in street courses. And silly me, I thought – I felt like he was turning over this new leaf, going to take care of the car. He's had all these top twos, top threes. He had the track position on Kirkwood. Who, And then I thought I won the bet when Kirkwood got rear-ended on the first lap. Like, I was – I gave a little fist bump in my house. I was like, yeah, let's go. Cash that. Moving on. That's the first bet won. And – uh yeah, lo and behold, Grosjean puts it into the wall. They're actually neck and neck at the end of the race. It was something I was watching really closely. They were within seconds, and then Grosjean dumps it into the wall, and I lost that matchup. But, yeah, hit a winner with Palo, man. Uh, hit a winner with Power. I had Dixon top three uh, at one point with, I believe, two laps to go. I had the whole sweep of one, two, three. 
And then we saw what happened at the end with Dixon, Rosenquist, Rossi, all mixing it up. Um, so it would have been better for me for Dixon to get that third place. But as long as power stayed in the top three, that ultimately was a three to one hit. So I was happy, man. So it was, it was a profitable weekend for me back on the, back on the train. You have any bets, Josh, on the race? I did not. Uh, we're going on vacation, so I'm kind of saving my money up. Um, but, uh, I, I am excited to hear that you were able to hit, uh, how was your trip to Vegas? Uh, it was good, man. It was good. I had, uh, uh, not too much sports going on right now. And when I was there, the only thing happening was the hockey game. Uh, so I uh, watched that with a bunch of people, bet the over. And I don't know if you guys are UFC fans, but there was a UFC fight. That was a total, uh, I'm going to call it uh, questionable judging that we all, uh, that I was on the wrong side of. But I uh, hit a nice little over bet. I don't even remember the name of the fighters. If you knew UFC, you guys probably could be spouted off real quick. But uh, it, it, uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a good trip, man. It was a good trip. Did well at the blackjack table. Uh, didn't do so well at the craps table, but uh, and the sports betting was good. Tried finding any car odds, like I said. I even know the sports book director, I, and I asked him, and he's like, "Oh man, we can't. It's, that's too much of a pain." I just and I said, "Don't worry about it." But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing. I could even the morning of the race when I was still in Vegas, I was looking. I looked at MGM's app. I looked at Caesar's apps. I looked at South Point's app. I looked at Resorts World's app. Um, nothing. Wow, that, that's that's just so disappointing. Um, who? I wonder if you if someone would have put a put a matchup of uh, Stingray Rob and uh, and Pato Award to see who would win. What do you think? What do you think Stingray would have would have come off at? That was for for Stingray to outlast Pato is just crazy. Yeah, that's that's sometimes like, yeah, he probably would have been like four to one. Um, they, that's why they don't even put those up because in racing, you know, you got crap, you know, you crash a guy who you can crash out and be done. So usually you get the matchups of the guys next to each other on the grid, or or you'll get the yeah. favorites, you get the good drivers matched up. Um, and then you know that's part of winning and losing. I thought I had that Grosjean bet one and, and he crashed and that's the end of that. And that's, I've had that happen. Plenty. Yeah, that happens plenty of times. And that's just gambling and that's betting. And if you got your handicap, right. And you saw the race, you know, what you, what, what you thought would happen was happening. You, you'll eventually hit some winners. Yeah. You lose. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, if I missed this before. I apologize. But you were talking about going through the different apps and not being able to find uh, odds for the race uh, on Sunday. And then you spoke with uh, the director for one of the sports books and, and they kind of laughed you off per se. Is it going to take getting rid of the, the old curmudgeons in IndyCar for those sports books to uh, put bets out before Sunday? Mike, in your, what's it going to take? Yeah, I mean, well, either to get rid of the old curmudgeons, the old curmudgeons need to realize that they can make a ton of money and grow the sport and market it better. Uh, you know, these, a lot of these, these, these gambling companies are giving away a lot of money in marketing dollars. Uh, there, you know, you, you look at all the promos as they move from state to state to state. Uh, so when they show up at a state that has an IndyCar track, it'd be really, you know, behoove of Indy to take some of their money and, and accept those sponsorships uh, or at least go seek them out. Um, I don't think it would be very hard to do or sell uh, to them. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's golfers that walk around with BetMGM on their sleeve. Uh, there's, you know, and, 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 you know, even in F1, you'll see cars with uh, 
I believe some sponsorships, uh, and even in NASCAR, I, th I think there's NASCAR cars. I don't follow it as closely, but I think there's some, um, you know, bet MGM or Caesars or, or one of those bet us, uh, NASCAR cars. So look, man, they just need to, they just need to embrace it a little bit better. Get, take some of the money from their marketing departments and, uh, and get some interest around it. And if they do just a little bit of work, uh, I think it'll start to go a long way, but I don't know if that means getting rid of, you know, either getting somebody in there that can do it or getting rid of the guys who just don't realize it's a thing, I guess, for the, uh, 20 year old to 40 year old demographic. Maybe Josh, if we get some of the NFL, we need, do, we need to start a petition. Uh, my... Go ahead, Derek. Josh, we need to start a petition, and, and this may get us kicked out of the, of the media center at IMS, but we need to start a petition as Mike for the marketing or branding director. How far do you think that would fly? If you show him as if you show him some of his podcasts and some of his uh, some of his stuff with Tony, uh, you know, even though some people don't want Tony in the media center either, um, if you show him those, I, I think I think we could I think we'd have a good chance of getting him in there. Yeah, well, I don't know if they can afford me, boys. So, well, <laughs> wow, man, uh, okay, actually. It's funny. I'd probably do that for free, to be honest. Shit. Um, if it, it sounds like a great gig, but uh, yeah, I don't want to get kicked out of the media center before I even get access. So how about that? We better be careful there. So, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, look, I don't know. I, I, you might, I thought you were about to say something about the NFL, Josh, like the NFL is going to have kiosks in the stadiums, like, and you know, all the, the, uh, a lot of the stadiums for, for most of these, uh, like sports books are now attached to stadiums. I know I was at a Capitals game this summer and Caesar Sportsbook was literally like I was walking in the, the second or third level and there's the entrance to Caesar Sportsbooks, which is attached to the stadium. So like people, you'd walk in, you'd make your bet and you walk to your seat. Like, I don't know, you know, what they're thinking, but, you know, having kiosks at the track, having like the, you know, any gosh, uh, Doug Bowles got close. Um, with with uh, Indianapolis last year, I mean they had like a Caesar's Lounge, um, and then obviously that fell through. I don't know why that fell through. Um, we asked him about it. We didn't get any details uh, when we were in St. Pete. We talked to him about it, and he seemed to like the idea. But I don't know. Uh, it's just not on our priority list. It's just not a priority. So um, it needs to be. It should. You know, I think somebody in IndyCar, whoever's in, I don't know who the, the marketing director of any cars you guys know who that is that they need to have somebody that is an assistant or something like that to make it a priority but we'll see yeah i i can't for the life of me figure out you go from ims uh, you know three hundred twenty thousand people you don't think that would bring in a nice chunk of change betting on the indy car that day and then you go to detroit which i think and again call me crazy there could have easily been at that race on Sunday, 30 to 40,000 people easily. I'm pretty sure there's a casino you know, pretty close to the track, right? There is. There well, is. There is, I, well, there is a Caesars right story. across the river. I got texts from Tony. You know, and it's funny. I should, I should ask him. Uh, we'll have to ask him and put it out. I, he didn't say anything, but I wonder if they were, if they had any lines posted at those casinos. Um, at their sports i don't even know if they have sports books but i assume they do 
um, in Michigan, but uh, uh, it'd be curious to see like, you know, what they were doing with the race or if they had any promotions going on with, with betting the race, but you allow those casinos to put their, bring their kiosks to the track, man, you'd get guys showing up and there, trust me, there'd be way more excitement about who doesn't does or does not win that race. Um, you'd have people going away crazier when Grosjean puts it in the wall or people that all, you know, shoot, they probably have a million people betting below the pole sitter because people like to bet favorites. And then, uh, you know, I think you just get a lot more attraction to the track, attraction to the sport, and then it would continue to grow. One question, Ma Mike. Mike, maybe, maybe one. Do you think that uh, as, do you think as more states, as more states uh, legalize sports betting, do you think maybe that'll give IndyCar more of a uh, more of a you know kick in the butt to to uh, to start getting in getting more into it? Yeah, I mean, the more it gets mainstream, I think the more they see the big the, the other big sports doing it. Um, maybe somebody will be you know somebody sitting in a boardroom somewhere talking making these decisions about what they do with their budget and where they've taken in money and how they're growing the sport. I, I would hope so. I mean, any major corporation uh, should be looking at long-term growth plans. Uh, so somebody might be like, Hey, you know, like I watch and see all these DraftKings and FanDuel commercials on TV all the time. And I mean, I was watching a hockey game last night and I saw a DraftKings commercial for, you know, getting people to go bet the live series odds. You know, the Panthers were four to one after that, you know, lo losing in the second period, bet, you know, bet $10 when, when 40 or whatever, it was, whatever it was, or hundred dollars to win 400, have a promo code. Like you think somebody would see that and start to uh, get it. But yeah, the more, the more and more States that adopt it, but like Indiana's got it. Like they, you know, like that's their yeah. home state. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the States that any car goes to. It's not in California, not in Florida. Um, yet not in Texas yet. Um, where else are our big in Ohio? Uh, so we have it in Ohio. Detroit obviously has it. Uh, Michigan mm -hmm. or Michigan has it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, most of this, a lot of the states we travel to or IndyCar travels to, I, it's probably 50 50. Uh, we could go down the list and figure that out one day. It's probably a good thing. Maybe I'll, I'll do that and throw it on Twitter. But um, yeah, somebody's got to think of something. And there's got to be somebody in there that's under the age of 35 working in. You know, that I imagine gambles and bets on sports in some capacity, you would think. But I, I guess not. Maybe you're right, Derek. It's all run by guys who are, you know, 65 and over that who probably go gamble like on their golf game on the end of the weekend. But I just haven't thought of it. Yeah, hopefully, again, hopefully IndyCar gets their gets their heads out of their rear ends and uh, sees the opportunity that lies with uh, 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 sports betting and uh, putting those kiosks there at uh, at the track for sure, uh, Mike. I know we're a little bit out from from Road America. Uh, any any uh, early favorites? I know obviously the uh, odds and numbers probably won't come out till Friday and Saturday of of race weekend. But anybody you're uh, looking at or you're curious curious to see uh, what their odds are going to be when they are released. Uh Full disclosure, I have not done any research just yet, but just from past seasons, it'll be interesting to see if Polo becomes the favorite, uh, given the last, you know, the win sandwich wins around Indy. Um, I imagine Pato is going to be right there as a co-favorite. Um, you know, as the season goes along, the guys who are hot, the opening odds get lower and lower at the top. Um, so I do, I do notice that year to year, which 
usually means you can get some guys at better top three numbers. So case in point, you know, there was a couple of guys, they had um, uh, Palo and McLaughlin were both three and four to one this weekend. And then there was like a jump to like eight, nine, 10, 11 to one, which meant the guy who come in, came in, was coming in third, got some really good top three odds. So my strategy last weekend was I had to pick between McLaughlin and Palo. And so I went with Palo. It was tough, but I decided to, to roll with him over McLaughlin. Um, and then uh, and then I just basically spread a couple bets at just as good odds on top threes because they were so high after the top two guys. So you can see kind of the same thing start to happen. You know, you have to react to what the sports books put out there as the uh, for the numbers. So they're trying to cover themselves on the favorites, but that means the the top three odds correlate to what the to win odds are. So if you're getting bigger to win numbers, yeah, Power didn't think had a chance to win that race necessarily, but I thought three to one for a top three for a guy who pretty much dominates Detroit. I know it's a different track, but he's good on the street circuits out there. He's got a good street truck record. Uh, I thought that was a great number. And uh, even though I do bet a lot of willpower bets, it's more, I bet the number there, not the driver. Um, same thing with Dixon at two to one, I think it was. So that's something I'd keep an eye out for just watch and see what the numbers are. Uh, we didn't get numbers before in this race because it was a new track. I was surprised. Uh, actually, that's not true. We got numbers from Caesars, but very late for just a short period of time. So um, that was interesting to see with it being a new track. So we have history in Road America. Go back, look and see the last couple of years with the aero screen, what the cars have done. Um, and then just you can refer back to this year's, you know, natural road courses. Barber is probably the first place I'll go look to see who was fast uh, in those races. So uh, yeah, more to come. We'll, we'll figure it out as when we get to, we have two weeks, right? Yeah, uh, Mike, uh, good stuff as always. I definitely look forward to uh, seeing your full uh, preview there uh, next uh, next Tuesday for uh, Road America. Uh, but uh, until then, uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter right there uh, at uh, Indy underscore bet. Uh, Mike, as always, a huge thank you, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you uh, one week from now. All right, guys. Thank. Make sure you thank RC. I don't know if I missed RC, but – Make sure when you see him, you thank him for his win over Catherine in Indy 500. That was a nice little uh, chunk of change for me. So that was great. All right. See you guys. Bye. Absolutely. We'll pass it along. Uh, good stuff as always like i said check him out uh, if you are into the betting aspect as uh, josh has actually got into in indycar uh, definitely check out all of the information uh, mike tony and everyone else over at uh, burnout sports and burnout bets uh, puts out uh, just a couple more things uh, before we uh, we get on out of here uh, for this episode uh, definitely have to thank the uh, sponsors that obviously make this uh, possible. Uh, first and foremost, uh, always ready 1776 for patriotic apparel, headwear, and more. Go check out always ready 1776.com and use the promo code that you see up on the screen, push to pass for 10% off of your total order. Always ready 1776.com. And then if you are in the market for home design, build, and remodel needs, remember it's Getem Associates. 
go to their website, www.getem.com. And make sure if you uh, do use their service, uh, use that uh, promo code push to pass for $250 off any design service. Remember, it is always ready 1776 and get them associates. So finishing up, uh, Josh, we do have uh, some uh, news, well, a news item to go through. And and this is something that we actually talked about uh, last week following the 500. We were curious to see what the numbers uh, would be uh, coming out of the Indianapolis 500 and going in or coming out of not not only the Indianapolis 500, uh, but uh, coming out of the streets of Detroit. Well, we definitely got those uh, today. As you see there uh, up on screen, uh, IndyCar averaged 1.047 million viewers not including digital viewership across Sunday afternoon's broadcast of the Detroit Grand Prix on NBC. So that's just NBC. That's not saying uh, Peacock, because I know you see there's two different numbers up on your screen. So keep in mind, outside of the Indianapolis 500, uh, the race on Sunday is the second highest NBC, not Peacock, NBC viewership on average this season. Uh, Keep in mind, uh, St. Pete, pulled in just under 1.2 million viewers. So uh, altogether, uh, IndyCar, the streets of Grand Prix, or streets of Detroit, rather, averaged 1.098 million viewers. Again, that is the second most watched race since the uh, St. Pete opener at uh, 1.223 million. And then, uh, Josh, something that I think jumps out at me, and and I'm curious to get your thoughts uh, before we get on out of here, but the viewership compared to last year's race in Detroit on the USA Network and this year's race on NBC and Peacock is up a whopping 179%. That is crazy. Almost 200% more. Um, I, I, I've probably, probably has something to do with uh, wanting to see what the new road course was like in Detroit. You know, everybody had been used to seeing Belle Island this year. They were, uh, they were a lot more excited to see something else, something new. Um, Hopefully going forward, going to road America, we can, uh, they can roll that in. You know, we had great, Great viewership for the 500, and now they're gonna. They had great viewership for Detroit, so hopefully, it doesn't fizzle out with this having an off week. I know that I know the drivers and teams do need the off week, but uh, hopefully, we move forward and uh, we get better and better numbers. Um, I am uh, I'm very very encouraged by that, and uh, I would love to see what uh, what the numbers would have been on Peacock uh, also added in there um but uh very promising very promising that it uh, got 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 over a million million people watching um it just astounding to me definitely love to see those uh, those numbers uh that uh, that came in today uh love the momentum uh, indycar is picking up since the 500 uh with uh, with the viewership there with the detroit race on sunday and and yeah i'm in the same uh, in the same boat there i hope it, they don't hit a a wall 
there with with this week off and then going into uh, Road America next week. Definitely going to be uh, worth the uh, worth the wait to see what what that viewership looks like uh, two weeks from now. Uh, Josh, I think that uh, about covers everything uh, that we had in store uh, for this episode. Uh, anything else that you want to add here before we uh, raise the uh, checkered flag and and we pull it into the garage for the day? No, uh, I'm looking forward to Road America in a couple weeks. Uh, I know I'll be watching it on Father's Day uh, and uh, on my way to uh, going to board my ship for my cruise that I'm taking in a couple weeks. But uh, it'll be exciting to see how it goes and uh, how everything turns out. Um, as I'm watching the replay of the – I fi- we figured out – why uh, Kirkwood, uh, no, why, yeah, yeah, I think it was Kirkwood or whoever it was that flipped at Indy. He uh, came out with why he, um, why he flipped his mask up while he was still dry, while he was still going. He said it was pitch black and he just wanted to see what was going on. Flip it by flipping that visor up, he could see, even though it was a little bit more dangerous. I watched rewatching the race in the background and I just happened to see that when he uh, flipped in the car. And him flipping up the visor, and uh, I learned that that's why he flipped it up so early. Good, good stuff there. Good catch, and uh, now it, it it does make sense because we we both wondered uh, to each other with all the sparks flying there, why wouldn't you just wait for the car to come to a complete and final? stop and now we see that uh, he wanted to make sure that uh you know his vision uh wasn't wasn't uh, obstructed and it was just seeing what was going on so uh good stuff there uh huge thank you to all of the drivers uh that uh, gave us uh, post-race interviews there in detroit also a huge thank you to uh, mike monroe of uh ranton is racing make sure you go uh, check them out on twitter and then all of the all of their other social media accounts and go check out uh the podcast work that they're doing and then also as always make sure you go check out mike on uh, burnout sports uh, burnout bets and then on twitter at indie underscore bets for all of your betting needs for myself josh and everyone else here at the push to pass podcast the checkered flag is now waving we are going to pull it in the garage until one week's time when we take a look and preview the road course at road america so until then so long everybody Thank you.